Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, Giants fans, welcome. Pat Leonard here, New York Daily News NFL columnist and Giants beat writer. Let's get right into the ad read so we can get into your questions after this pathetic 24-3 to Giants loss to the Seahawks. I'm coming to you live from MetLife Stadium, coming upstairs after talking to players and Coach Brian Dable. Football is back. Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. And where we are starting is right with your guys' questions. Let's get right into it. Jake Patterson says, my only remotely positive take out of this Giants-Seahawks game was that Kayvon played better. Yes, Kayvon Thibodeau did play better. And let's just face it, the Giants' defense did its part, and this game still was 24-3. to The Giants' defense did its part, and this game was still an embarrassment. The Giants' defense did its part, and yet people will focus on the missed tackles, by Bobby O'Karake and Adoree Jackson on the big Noah Fant play to set up that touchdown for Kenneth Walker. But the fact of the matter is, Brian Dable's offense, Brian Dable's game plan, Joe Shane's roster, what are we watching on the field right now? With Andrew Thomas and Saquon Barkley out and the Giants just a complete shell of an NFL football team, Brian Dable's supposed to be the offensive guru. These players aren't good enough, but he has to find a way to protect a quarterback better than that. 11 sacks? What the heck am I watching right now? This is a team that went to the playoffs. Dable, Shane, everybody deserves credit for what they did in year one. But they ran the ball in third and 11 in this game. And I want to say this right off the bat. I want to get, let's get right to this, okay? Brian Dable ran the ball in third and 11 late in in the first half. I asked him if he called a run play. He said, no, it was a miscommunication. It was supposed to be a pass. Daniel Jones handed the ball off anyway, apparently called the wrong play. Okay, if that's true, why does Brian Dable not answer so many other questions? And yet, when it comes to being culpable and accountable to an embarrassing call that looked just like Jake Fromm sneaking the ball to free space for a punt when Joe Judge was the coach, how come suddenly it's time to now tell us the honest truth about what happened on a play. Why now? Why is that the right time for him to say it? That's what I want to know. Matthew says it is going to be a long season once again. Yes, it is. Season's over. Hunter Keller says, good evening, Pat. Definitely wish we were speaking about a whole different football outcome. Me too. Covering terrible teams has become almost an annual rite of passage on the Giants beat. That playoff run last year, Winning the playoff game, what a breath of fresh air, right? You can't say when you're the Giants, you know, John Mara saying we're back after that Minnesota win. No, you've, you've made a run, but it still has to be building blocks. It still has to be a process. 
You still have to recognize who you are and who you are not. And this is not one of those rebuild from scratch teams right now. Now, this is supposed to be a three-year process. Just like Joe Judge was supposed to be a three-year process. But this is coming off a playoff season with money to spend, with Darren Waller acquired in a trade, with Bobby Okereke signed, with the defensive line reinforced with free agent signings, with draft picks at some key positions. How is it possible to be this bad? This team is not ready to play NFL football. The defense is. The defense is at least fighting. What the heck am I watching? Man, I sound probably angrier than some of you fans, huh? Andrew says, Pat, what are the positives, please, if any? Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, a lot of what the defense did. I thought Xavier McKinney played more hard-nosed than he has. I thought Isaiah Simmons was flying around, at least, you know, not necessarily shutting anything down, but I thought Isaiah Simmons was active. Bobby Okereke, again, a uh, fast player, a guy who sometimes is making up for other people's mistakes, I feel like. Um, you know, this is, again, a game where the defense played well enough to win an NFL game if it had a, any semblance of competence on offense, on special teams, and just in general, team discipline. Like team, What are we looking at when Gary Brightwell after the whistle – um, Leonard, it's Leonard Williams this week after the whistle with a guy getting matching on unnecessary roughness last week, it was a Sean Robinson and Trent Williams. Uh, you know, this team has a lack of discipline. Cam Brown, I think was fortunate to not get one on a punt where he hit a guy, but the ball was not technically dead, but it was clearly kind of like just a two arm shove out of nowhere. Uh, Geno Smith was not happy about the Isaiah Simmons tackle where he hurt his knee. So you asked me about the positive, and here I go talking about all that stuff. I mean, Darren Waller, I think he had one target and one catch until I would have to look. I would have to look again, but I think it was until the fourth quarter. Hunter says, I wish it was as easy as saying we should fire Bobby Johnson and Thomas McGahee. This falls on the, the architects of this team, Joe Shane, Ryan Dable. And listen, I can't believe I've gone this long without talking about this, but the biggest concern coming out of this game is Daniel Jones walking right by Brian Dable on the sideline there after that inter interception. Brian Dable tossing the tablet into the hands of Shea Tierney, his quarterback coach, right in front of Daniel Jones after showing him or trying to show him and talk about the interception. I mean, this is in a bad, bad, bad place. What was the mood in the locker room any different than the Cowboys or Niners losses? I got in there and – after Brian Dayball talked, I walked in there and there were not a lot of players in there. Um, I went over to talk to Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, he said he needed a minute. And then, to be honest, I went down the hallway and spoke with Geno Smith. Um, and, I, you know, I did some canvassing of the Seahawks locker room. Uh, Geno did say he was there's no sour grapes. He was not going after the Giants in any way. He did say it was an ugly situation as far as like the hit he was upset about. When Simmons hit him out of bounds and kind of rolled up on him. And I asked him why so much chirping continued and why it kept going. And he said that he was getting some chirping from the coaches and the fans, but he said, you get, you got to expect that anytime you're on the road. Uh, that as much as that's as much as, as far as Gino would go. Um, but 
you know, if he got any extra vindication from winning here, he really didn't say it. Um, he said that, listen, I was only here for one year. He's like, I was with the Jets for four. That was up and down. But he kind of dismissed the, his time with the Giants as any kind of significant time at all. Um, he is clearly mentally moved on in a healthy place and is glad that he's in Seattle. Um, I thought an interesting element of watching this game, too, and watching DK Metcalf uh, against Deontay Banks is I do think there was a semblance of DK Metcalf um, feeling a bit disrespected that the Giants put a rookie corner on him. Now, I really like Deontay Banks. He's a nice young kid who's trying hard. Um, he was overmatched, obviously. And I think you could see on the field there were a couple of times when Metcalf was, you know, making a catch and turning around and looking at the giant sideline. Like, are you guys kidding me? What is this? Uh, you know, so definitely a feisty game, a chippy game, and, and one that the Giants fell tremendously short on. Uh, guys, remember, we, this is part of the Talking Ball podcast. We do these live Q&As once a week, midweek, and then also a second time after every Giants game, whether it's prime time, whether it's one o'clock, I think we're going to not have too many more prime time games after the way the Giants have looked here. Uh, but remember to subscribe to our YouTube page, hit that like button, the thumbs up button you see on our page as we do these live chats that helps spread the word that helps YouTube spread the word and push this to other Giants fans to kind of join our community with what we are doing here. Remember you can also purchase super chats, super stickers in the chat. And that can, it essentially creates a colorful bubble, puts your comment in bright lights and moves it right to the top of my queue. So if I'm not down to your question yet, I will get to it quicker. It's a good way to support what we're doing here as well. Um, and thank you all for joining me. I know it's late. I know it's 1236 AM Tuesday, October 3rd. Um, some of you, obviously, any of you who are up with me right now, diehards really trying to download on the Giants. So I really appreciate you spending your time with me. AJ says, hello, AJ, good to see you. Um, yeah, Doug wants to know, was the mood any different than the Cowboys or Niners losses? Um, I think in general, uh, I'm a little tired of hearing, hey, we had a good week of practice and we didn't put it together. I mean, I do think that from the players to Dayball, they were saying that the fans deserve better. But I'm really – it's just – I think the players feel this way too. Everybody's just tired of talking. Like, you got to play better. And, you know, if I'm on the defense, I'm looking at this these game plans and this offense and saying, what what is what is the point? I mean, this is, this is not a functional NFL team right now. I mean, they've gone zero points, zero points, six points, three points in the first half of their games so far this year. They play the Miami Dolphins next week, who scored 70 points in a game two weeks ago. And they play the Buffalo Bills the next week, who are smoking people. Josh Allen looks like an MVP candidate, if not the leading contender, four games into the season. And they just beat the Dolphins. You saw the Commanders almost beat the Eagles. You see the Jets' defense. You think the Giants are going to score on the Jets' defense? Let's see. Andrew says, why is McGahee here? Every punt, either a flag or bad coverage. First of all, Brian Dable did say he doesn't anticipate any personnel changes, whether it's on his staff or in or on the team player-wise as far as benchings. Um, so at least according to what he said, that's not going to happen. But I do think heads are going to start to roll here soon. I, I just, I just want to say this. 
Thomas McGahee certainly has to be responsible for what's going on on special teams, but you know, they don't have a good punt returner because they cut any of the punt returners on their roster. They put Eric Gray back there, even though Eric Gray looks shaky when he's back as a punt returner. Anyone who watches practice, including me, will tell you that that muffed punt, thankfully Nick McLeod recovered it, that muffed punt was coming. It was coming. Everybody knew it was coming. And then Brian Dable was arrogant enough to put Adoree Jackson back there when Adoree Jackson is the one who got hurt last year when Dable put him back there as a punt returner. And he still won't own the fact that that's a mistake. And Sterling Shepard, meanwhile, standing on the sideline. I mean, this is just – first it was Ben McAdoo. Then it was Pat Shermer. Then it was Joe Judge. Now it's Brian Dable. They have one little sliver of success, and all of a sudden they're fine. They're back. Oh, this is going to be the big year. Wow. What a disaster this has been. What a disaster. AJ Sims says, time to bring in new O-linemen. Agree. Mark Thompson says, I have to admit I'm negative on DJ here, notwithstanding the bad O-line. 11 sacks does not help. Daniel's not playing very well right now. I do think that um, he's starting to see pressure even when it's not there. I think that happened in the 49ers game. I think that happened in this game. And um, I don't think Brian Dable and Mike Kafka are protecting him adequately. Now, obviously, you don't want Daniel to fumble on that one play or whatever, but uh, you know, I got to be honest. I I see him making some mistakes or making some misreads or whatever, but he's under so much duress, so much pressure right now. This has got to be just exhausting for him. He's got to be saying, thank, thank God I got paid and had that year because it's not happening here right now with this current group. Hunter says, is there a chance Dable doesn't make it out of the season? Um, I do think this is headed towards a potential fourth straight two and done coach. If it keeps looking like this, like, you know, it's a, it's a long season. So hopefully it doesn't look like this all year, but if it looks like this all year, what's the argument for being here a third season? I mean, you fired Joe judge for a lot less. So, you know, I don't see what the argument would be in favor of it. How in the world are the giants going to fix the O line? Michael Knight says, um, that's a good question. Jake Patterson says, is Dable overrated now? Was last season the biggest fluke? Do we trade Saquon stack picks? I don't know what's happening. Is the tradition of coaches getting fired in second years true now? Jake, you just, you were way ahead of me. That was that comment I'll bet was there before I said what I just said. But yes, I think two and done is on the table. Hit those like buttons, hit the subscribe button. Uh, remember I'm on, I, I'm on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at PL on NFL. I'm on Twitter at P Leonard NYDN. And we do the arrival videos for every game where I take videos of me wearing my Salaretta's suits and outfits like this tie. Check out this tie. Come on. Come on now. All right, let's see. Enough, enough of my enough of my fashion. Andrew says, tough question. But if you had to pinpoint the one reason why this is happening, uh, I know it's multiple, but what is the main reason? I think the main reason is that they didn't play enough real football in the summer. Uh, They didn't practice hard enough. They spent a lot of time trying to keep guys healthy, keep them off the field, give them rest days. I think that the training staff, the GM and the coach all collaborated with a plan that was not uh, conducive to preparing the team to play real football well enough out of the gate. I think that 
Joe Shane's drafts right now do not look as strong as people thought they were looking early on. There are some positive returns, but there are a lot of concerning returns as well. Like Micah McFadden is taking a turn for the, for the good, obviously, at linebacker for sure. Um, Wandale Robinson made a few plays in this game. Um, Kayvon Thibodeau stepped up finally in week four and showed some flashes of the player that they hope he can be consistently. But, you know, what we're watching across the board with this team, you know, Azudu and Marcus McKeithen, these are his draft picks. And meanwhile, they're, you know, Deontay Banks fighting, but overmatched against DK Metcalf. Uh, Trey Hawkins, you know, has fallen out of the rotation because he, he just wasn't able to handle it. Um, you know, I think, I think when you look at the fact that, you know, the Giants have a roster where they, they have a problem sometimes with adding a player at a certain position and then recognize or then believing that they are good there and saying, okay, yeah, we just signed our right guard, Mark Lewinsky. Okay. Let's go fix another position. Right. And meanwhile, the guy they signed isn't good enough. Or meanwhile, the guy they drafted isn't good enough. And what happens when you overvalue your players is you get stuck in a situation like this where they convince themselves, you know, Matt Parrott can play and Josh Azudu can play and Marcus McKeithen can play. And, you know, these kind of things that, listen, just because it's your draft pick, you got to watch what they do on the field if they're not good enough. Like Josh Azudu wasn't good enough to win a guard spot, even though they tried to hand it to him on a silver platter. And now he's at left tackle. He's at left tackle, right? It's not even this kid's fault. Like this is just mismanagement. That's my, that's my answer to the one reason it's happening. I think that this team is being mismanaged as far as its roster and as far as how they're being game planned. You know, this is Daniel Jones was let down tonight, not the other way around. Uh, will you have any Justin Pugh news this week? Justin Pugh is a name to look at. Doug and AJ both say the same thing. I would keep your ear to the ground on that. Uh, if the, if you were going to sign Justin Pugh, it would be soon, in my opinion. It would be now. It would be at a time where you don't have um, a single uh, answer at that position and you have this person on your doorstep, essentially, but with other offers and other teams who are pursuing him, according to what he told me back in August. And, you know, it's a question now of, I don't know the answer to this as we sit here and talk right now, but, you know, Justin Pugh has to be looking at this team thinking, well, if I join the team and I ramp up and I join the offensive line at one and five, what does that look like? I'm not going on a Super Bowl run anytime soon, right? I'm not winning a Super Bowl with the Giants if that's what I'm coming back for. So who knows how he's thinking and if the Giants were going to try and sign him, um, whether his answer would be different after watching this game than it was before it possibly. Like, I don't know. Um, but they did work him out recently, and he does remain. If they were going to make a free agent addition um, imminently, I would think that, you know, he would be the most likely name. Yeah. So – Yep. Keep following my social media. Keep following me. 
everywhere. Keep hitting those like buttons, guys. I'm giving you the inside info, uh, bring it to you straight, whether it's positive, whether it's negative, you know it. Thank you all for being so supportive and participating in these. As always, going to go through a few more questions here. Let's see. Michael Scholar says, so many questions, namely how an NFL team in a league that is so offensively driven can't score. There are teams with half the talent on offense of the Giants scoring more on a weekly basis. You said it. And that's why, yeah, one play, maybe Daniel Jones made the mistake. Another play, it's the offensive line. Another play, it's Brian Dable's play call. It's all of the above. But this all comes down to what are you practicing? Who are you signing? Who are you drafting? And how are you developing? And all of those things fall on the leadership, in my opinion. Um, You know, the players need to make plays too, but the Giants aren't a talented enough team where they have, they don't have like 12 guys they can lean on to make plays who are clearly better than the other team's best players. They don't have it. And, you know, they didn't pay Saquon Barkley, who's clearly their offense's best player and weapon, who went out. Not only are they not a good offense, because they're not even a good offense with them on the field. You saw that, you know, I mean, he helped them in the Arizona game, but they got shut out 40 to nothing against Dallas. Saquon played in that game. So it's not like he cures all. But without him, I mean, they just have – I mean, they, they barely even looked at Darren Waller this game. They, You know, Jalen Hyatt was on the field a little bit more, it looked like, but still wasn't targeted as much. They have to figure out a way to protect their quarterback. And even when they tried the tush-push play that the Eagles run so well with, with Jalen Hurts, they didn't run it. They didn't run it properly. They didn't push Daniel Jones. The lineman behind him didn't give him a shove. It, they didn't even run it right. How complicated is that play? How often have you practiced that? I don't want to hear that it's on the players. It just is unacceptable. Andrew says Hyatt looked quite irritated a bunch coming from Tennessee, where he gets these big play TDs. I feel like he isn't used to this and is pissed off at the staff situation. Could be. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what, I would be if I were him. Because let me just tell you something right now. And I'm not dumping on other receivers when I say this. I'm just saying Jalen Hyatt and Sterling Shepard were making a ton of plays in camp. Darius Slayton, too. Those guys were making tons of plays. And Hyatt took him a while to get on the field. And now he's on the field tonight, still not really getting the ball. And then Sterling Shepard can barely get on the field at all. So you go tell me, is this a meritocracy or not? I don't know. Hunter says, we, how much do they practice special teams during the week? Because it looks like they never e- even touched it. They practice it, but this is still what it looks like. I know. It lo- this looked like a team that doesn't practice. You hit it right on the head. This game looked like a team that doesn't practice. That's what it looked like. Shmuley says, I hate my life. They miss on every pick. Um, don't hate your life. Just uh, I wouldn't invest your heart and soul into the rest of this season. I would start looking at the draft board. That's what I would be doing. Uh, let's see. And right on cue, Hunter says, is there a legitimate chance um, that this is headed to Caleb Williams combo, even with Danny on the books, even though the O-line wouldn't help him? Um, You know, listen, based on how they're playing, they're not out of that territory. I don't know if they'll be in that territory, but they're not out of that territory. And Daniel Jones' contract is really one that you can get out after two years instead of one. Uh, With him on the books, some money coming off. Uh, Could that happen? Could you bring Caleb Williams in? trade Daniel Jones, right? Uh, I think now you're talking, yeah, it could go that way. It could go that way for sure. Um, you know, and then what happens to your staff, to your GM, to your coach? That's that's another question there. Michael Knight says, I can't see the Giants winning a game until we play the Raiders. I agree they beat the Raiders. <laughs> that's so funny you said that. I agree that they beat the Raiders. 
that was the team I first identified as well. That's so funny, Michael. Shmuley says they got to bench Neil. For who? For whom? Who are you benching Evan Neal for? Matt Parrott? Who are you? You know, you, there's nobody. There's nobody to bench him for. Nobody. That's the roster. That's the roster they've assembled. How did a coaching staff that despite last year's lack of talent have great game plans and got the most out of a roster regress this bad in year two? I think they're missing some leadership. Um, I think Dable comes apart at the seams in key moments. I think they miss guys like Julian Love, like John Feliciano, like Nick Gates. By the way, you guys see John Feliciano uh, kind of take a shot at the Giants saying, hate to see it tonight on Twitter. And then Arik Armstead uh, from the Niners was kind of mocking Daniel Jones and asking him why he didn't throw more balls up for grabs um, in San Francisco. Man, oh, man, it is open season on the Giants. They look completely unprepared every week in all facets. Absolutely, Michael. Yes, they do. Jake says, having forced, forced a turnover since last year. Yeah, Kayvon almost had one today. Really has to catch that. He played well, but he has to catch that. Uh, let's see. Jake says, I know you may not have the ability to do this, but please, on behalf of all the fans, ask Dable Wise and Hyatt on stuff like sweeps. And why not use them in a Debo, Debo role? If you can't do deep stuff, then do that. I do think that has to do with trying to keep him healthy because he is still um, pretty skinny and uh, needs to put some muscle, some weight on. And I think a lot, and I know a lot of teams concerned with him coming out. The reason, part of the reason why he fell into the third round was because people didn't, some teams didn't think that he could handle over the middle and kind of the beating that you could take in the NFL. Um, so that might be some of the reasons why they're not running those plays with him. And he did tell me that part of his lack of usage was related to trying to keep him healthy through the long season. That's what Dable had told him. Daniel Jones will never get better ever, Joe says. Listen, I mean, that second half against Arizona, I mean, you saw it again, right? I, I think with a competent offensive line, he's a much better player. I think Daniel knows that, he, you know, he has nothing to work with right now in front of him. I mean, if you were Daniel Jones standing back behind that line, would you feel confident? Like, I mean, wouldn't you be looking over your shoulder? Let's see. Jake says, notice how both the Jets and Giants are either good, bad or good at the same time. Both can't be different. <laughs> hey, let's just be fair to the Jets. They did give the Kansas City Chiefs a game on the same weekend that the Giants didn't look like an NFL team other than their defense against the Seattle Seahawks. The defense did, but let's be clear. Teams are built inside out, says Joe. Well said. Hunter says, I think benching Neil makes you feel better about by your top 10 pick not getting beat, but doesn't fix the problem. No, well, that's the thing. Like you can't, they need, Joe Shane needs his top picks to, to play well and to, uh, to be good players. Like that's part of how people lose jobs too. It's like, if things are going poorly, that's one thing. If they're going poorly and all of your expensive assets and investments are going badly too, like your high draft picks or free agent signings or whatever, that's like, you know, adding insult to injury and where people start questioning everything. Right. It's like our roster's bad, but hey, also your biggest decisions were bad too. Right. So Evan Neal needs to succeed for Joe Shane to be able to say he used that pick well enough. Right. So let's see. Uh, Joe Fried says our centers suck. Uh, well, I mean, listen, John Michael Schmitz got hurt, but yeah, I mean, listen, the, the whole, the whole offensive line plan right now is just not, it's not working. Uh, JMS has a shoulder injury. I don't know how bad it is. Uh, hopefully I'll know something soon. Check my Twitter um, or 
uh, yeah, check my Twitter for updates or in the morning I'll have something as well, hopefully. Are you going to waste your time going down to Miami, Michael says, to see the same exact thing you saw tonight? That's a good question. That's a good question. Might be worth uh, might be worth just catching it on TV and being able to turn it off at halftime. Hunter says, do you think there is any QB that could succeed and feel confident with a line like this? That, no, I mean, no. No, not with a game plan and a line like that, no. Shmuley says, if you look back, a lot of the games, they start off on a good offensive drive and then do nothing because of a mistake. Yeah, like a like a play call for a play that your team doesn't know how to execute. Nice work, that tush-push, nice work. Yeah, that's the scripted plays at the start of the game, and then they just can't help but make mistakes because all they do is create penalties, make mistakes, um, you know, short circuit, all this stuff. I mean, it's just one thing after another. They look like a team that doesn't practice. The bank situation isn't even what I call a problem now. It's not DeAndre Baker bad or even Nevin Neal bad. It's a bit sloppy at times, that's all. People shouldn't be focusing on that right now. I mean, putting him on DK Metcalf, like I said, just, to, you know, it wasn't going to work. Like, DK, you know, saw that, and um, the Seahawks were going to take advantage of that, uh, viewed it as kind of, dis, you know, seemed like kind of disrespect. Uh, Jonathan Feliciano says on Twitter that he was not trolling the Giants tonight. He said on Twitter that was not a troll. So that was Feliciano's tweet, uh, subtweeting when a fan saw the retweet and said, getting trolled by Feliciano, love it. He said not a troll. So that's interesting. Uh, The defense can't tackle. That's a problem too. Well, some of the biggest plays that they're giving up are bad tackling, but I do think that the defense is not the problem. I think that was very clear in this game. I mean, I think the defense came to play in this game and it still didn't matter. Yes, that Noah Fant play was was a complete horror show from start to finish from uh, Bobby O'Karake and Adore Jackson there. Nice hustle by Isaiah Simmons. Um, but man, was he open. Man, were those badness tackles really tough. Hunter says, night like this definitely makes the peanut butter screwball taste better. But serious note, did you catch up with Julian Love? <laughs> uh, actually, no, he skipped out on me. Um, I guess he didn't want to, I guess he didn't want to, you know, uh, you know, pour salt in the wound for the Giants. So I was disappointed I didn't get to see him. I saw him pregame uh, briefly. The peanut butter screwball will taste good tonight. I can promise you that. Um, and with that, I am going to get going. But guys, remember, a live chats after every game. Um, live chats midweek and talking ball with Pat Leonard podcast, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them, subscribe to the YouTube page at PL on NFL, super chat, super stickers, um, that you can weigh in on and that you can purchase when we do these at all times. Uh, remember we are sponsored by bet online. Also Estate 98. It's an Essencia day cafe from El Salvador. I drink it every time I do the talking ball podcast at home, a few ice cubes in a glass, a tablespoon, you stir it with some water And there you go. Your iced coffee is made. Um, I think the Giants need an Estate 98 right now to give a jolt to their season. I'm going to get out on this one. Shmuley says, what's our record at the end of the year? I picked seven wins. I think they'd be lucky if they got there. Hunter says, enjoy your peanut butter screwball and have a good one, Pat. You too, Hunter. You too, Giants fans. Thanks again. See you next time on our Talking Ball Live Q&As. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.
Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.